It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and your host of this Let's Ride podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single morning. Well, I guess technically during the season, Mondays or noon, but eh, who's counting, you know? Here we go. We're here Wednesday, and my gosh, there's a lot of news going on. There is a lot of news happening, and I felt it was appropriate for me to at least start this podcast, even though it's not the title, even though it's not the headline, I had to start this podcast with the news that we know as of when this is being recorded, which is Tuesday night. And I, I'm I'm kind of stunned, to be honest with you, when I'm, I, I'm in the middle of my day job and I get a text or a message through our Slack channel, and it was our deputy editor, Michael Beck, who said, holy cow, huge news, Kevin Stefanski and players tested positive for COVID-19, he's not going to be able to coach this week. So I'm like, oh my goodness, that's in, that's insane. That is crazy to me that a head coach is going to be is not going to be on the sideline. Um, then you find out, and I did not realize this, maybe this was common knowledge to some, but it wasn't to me, that Stefanski is the one that actually calls the plays for the Browns. Now all of a sudden, this isn't like Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin misses a game. He's not calling defensive calls. He's not calling offensive plays. He might give input. I guarantee he gives input. I guarantee he is the one that signs off on decisions, time management, things like that. Please hold your criticism for another time of that for Mike Tomlin. I know a lot of people can't stand his time management, but still, 
Stefanski is the one that's calling the plays. And so someone else, and I don't know this individual's name, I probably should, and I apologize for that. He's going to be taking over those duties. The play calling is going to be different. The head coach, I think that even though Stefanski virtually is going to be able to do all the meetings and do all the things he normally does this week leading up to the game, him not being there on Sunday, it, I think it's going to, I think it's going to make, it's matter. It, it can't not matter. And it was interesting on Tuesday, Mike Tomlin was asked during his press conference by Brooke Pryor of ESPN, what happens if this happens to Pittsburgh? What happens if this happens to the Steelers? In other words, if Mike Tomlin tests positive for COVID-19, who takes over? How do they handle it? And Tomlin, as always, he's a wordsmith. He said, look, we have a plan in place. We're going to keep that in-house. We have a plan in case that were to happen, but we're going to keep that in-house. And so now, I mean, you look at the Browns. I mean, they're not only going to be without their head coach. There's other coaches, like their offensive line coach. Don't don't think that these things don't matter, by the way. Coaching still matters in the National Football League. Many might disagree with it, but I'm not one of those people. I think that coaching absolutely matters. A lot of their coaches are going to be gone. Then you look at the fact that uh, they're already going to be without Olivier Vernon, their pass rusher who had a really good season. He tore his Achilles in Week 17. So he's done for the year. He might miss the beginning of next season, believe it or not, because an Achilles injury takes typically about nine months before the rehab and the healing is finalized. He's going to miss some time next year, too. But then you look at the fact that they're going to miss their uh, all their Pro Bowl. I'm not sure if he's all pro. I don't think he's all pro, but at least a Pro Bowl guard in uh, – I think it's Patino, or I'm sorry if I mispronounced his last name. He's their, the veteran on their team. You know, it used to always be Joe Thomas, where he was, uh, he's been through all these coaches and all these losing seasons. Now it's uh, Joel Petonio, whatever his name is, and an, another wide receiver is going to be out. And you have to wonder and you have to ask yourself, and no one, the Steelers, the fan base, no one wants this game to get postponed. And that we'll talk about that a little bit later. But at the same time, this is going to impact the game. I think this is something where you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and you look at the Cleveland Browns and you say, does this news impact the game? I feel for these players who might have to deal with this, whether it's you're a high-risk contact and you can't play or whether it's someone that is in, you know, has symptoms whether you're asymptomatic, you know, we don't know exactly the long-term issues of this virus. I'm not wishing that on anyone, but in terms of the actual game, will this matter? Absolutely it'll matter. It has to matter. You're without your head coach. You're now without because of injury. One of your pass rushers, uh, Miles Garrett, looks like he's playing with a bum shoulder. Uh, then you're out without your offensive guard. They're going to be starting, I think, their fourth string guard against Cam Hayward, on Sunday in the AFC wildcard playoffs. Think about that. Cam Hayward, who's just getting a week off, should be fresh, could absolutely dominate this matchup and could completely wreck the Cleveland Browns game plan. We'll see. We'll see. But that's not, I want to get through that news. That's not the headline. That's not where we want to start this show. I had to do that because I felt like it was important for all the listeners to kind of get a feel for what's happening leading up to this upcoming playoff game, but that's not what we're going to start off talking about in terms of the actual headline, the actual title. And that title is, there is one player on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster, one player that is going to determine the success or the failure of this 2020 team, this 2020 postseason run, however you want to word it. It's one player. And I'm sure that many of you right now, wherever you're listening or sitting there thinking, I know exactly who he's talking about. If you're thinking it's TJ Watt, no, 
not TJ Watt. Is it Cam Hayward? No, it's not Cam Hayward. Is it Minka Fitzpatrick? Nope, not Minka. He could play an impact, but he's not going to be the deciding factor. Is it a, a guy like Chase Claypool who could step up? I think Chase Claypool is going to have a big role in this playoff push, but it's not Chase Claypool. If you haven't figured it out by now, folks, and you should have guessed it right off the bat, if you didn't, I'm disappointed in you. It's Ben Roethlisberger. It is Ben Roethlisberger. As we call him on the Steelers preview, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. That's actually his name. His middle name is Todd. BTR, as we call him. It's all going to come down to Big Ben. This season, and it's it's been a microcosm of this one narrative, has been they are going to live or die by Roethlisberger. They will go as far as he can take them, and that might be, folks, the AFC wildcard game. Like that, Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. We've seen some stinkers out of Roethlisberger in his career. Typically, he plays better in the postseason. He's kind of a gamer. He's one of those, one of those players that can get out there and can make plays. That's not really his MO this season. He's more of that pocket guy, getting at the, fo- the football out of his hand quickly. But I have some statistics here that really kind of drive home the importance of Roethlisberger. And it's more than just interceptions and things like that. I am going to talk about turnovers. And I'm not going to take credit for these stats either. I got some of these stats from uh, Mr. David Todd on Twitter. He shares a lot of statistics, so I thank him for finding those. And also from Jeffrey Benedict, our own Jeffrey Benedict at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, who is on the Wednesday night show, Know Your Enemy with Michael Beck, and is a great film room analyst. He does a lot of work for us. We appreciate everything that he does. Let's look at some of these statistics, shall we? Ben Roethlisberger's career, we're looking at career yards per completion. So that's average yards per completed pass. His career is 12 yards per completion, okay? The lowest seasons of his career just happened to be the last two seasons that he played. In 2018, 11.3, and now in 2020, 9.5. That's a significant lower number than the 12 that he has as a career average. I know that this screams air yards, which I made fun of relentlessly during the season, but you are now coming to see that I don't think air yards, the statistic matter, but the fact that the Steelers struggle to push the ball down the field, that matters. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. And also the fact that defenses have started to catch up with the Steelers' offense. It started against Baltimore, believe it or not, on that Wednesday night, well, I'm sorry, Wednesday afternoon football game. That was the game when the Ravens said, we are just going to start coming downhill on these short passes. You want to throw it short? Fine. We are going to tackle the catch. You're only going to get minimal yardage because we know, and we're going to gamble, that you can't beat us over the top. And the Steelers hadn't until the second half against the Indianapolis Colts in week 16. And that was when things started to open up. And then all of a sudden, you saw a different Steelers offense. You saw an offense that could move the ball. You saw an offense that totally deleted a 17-point deficit. That's a different-looking offense. Well, let's let's keep going talking about the interceptions. So the Pittsburgh Steelers had zero interceptions in seven of the Steelers' first nine games. Okay, They had no picks in seven of those first nine. Then Roethlisberger threw an interception in the next five games. The next five, he threw at least one interception. In those games, they scored fewer than 20 
in four of the five, and they lost three of those. In the final game that he played, Roethlisberger, week 16, he didn't throw a pick, and that equals a win. That is a telling statistic. If Roethlisberger is going to lead this team to victory, he has to protect the football. He has to protect the football. Now, there's a difference, and this is something Roethlisberger said early in the season. He said when he was talking, they were asking him about his interceptions and how they were, the number was so low. He was leading that category in the National Football League. They said, what, what are you doing differently? And he said, I realized sometimes punting isn't a bad thing. Because when you have a defense like Pittsburgh's defense, which is elite, sometimes punting is not a bad thing. I agree with him. However, when you punt after three plays over and over again, that becomes a problem. He has to find that median here of gunslinger, which we all have gotten accustomed to seeing. I'll never, I hated it at the time. I still do. In 2005, the playoffs, when they went to Denver in the AFC Championship game, and he, boy, did he thread that needle to Heinz Ward in the back of the end zone, and the cameras panned to him, and he's doing this gunslinging thing on the sideline. It just was very awkward for me. I never, I never really liked that. Uh, but you got to take that gunslinger and then the protect the football guy and put him in the middle. Like find that median. That's what they. That's what Ben Roethlisberger has to do because he's going to have to take some chances. They have to be educated guesses, and he really has to read the defense well because when he throws an interception, typically things don't end well for the Steelers. That's fact. That's just straight up fact. Stats show it. When he throws a pick. Not too good. Let's look at last last week. I know that week 17, Roethlisberger didn't even play. But Mason Rudolph, he had 8.08 yards per attempt for the Steelers in that one game. It's just one game. I understand that. But just in that game, 8.08 yards per attempt. Roethlisberger was below 6 yards per attempt in 7 of the last 10. Now, he did rebound in week 16 and ended up with 6.96 yards per attempt versus the Indianapolis Colts, thanks to that huge second half. His highest of the 2020 season was 7.59. So this goes back to, again, pushing the ball down the football field, not just taking this dink and dunk stuff. Drive the ball down the field. They have the weapons, whether it's Deontay Johnson, whether it's Chase Claypool, whether it's Eric Ebron, or as we're going to find out in a second, I'm not sure why it's not, but it's not Juju Smith-Schuster. They need to get the ball down the field because the numbers dictate that Roethlisberger is extremely low in this category of yards per attempt. Again, Mason Rudolph had 8.08. His one game was the highest for the Steelers this entire season. Roethlisberger's highest of 2020 was 7.59. Think about that. Rudolph took shots downfield, and they weren't just, I'm going to throw it up there hoping for the best. I mean, a couple of plays maybe. But he saw one-on-one coverage, and he put him in a spot where the where the, the receiver could bring it down, and they did. Deontay Johnson with a huge catch, Chase Claypool with a huge catch. That's what we need to see more of from Roethlisberger. Going to be critical. It's going to be critical even in the AFC, anytime in the AFC playoffs. They have to be able to push the ball down the field. Now let's go to this is the Jeffrey Benedict stat. Give him credit for this. Roethlisberger has thrown the eighth most deep passes in the National Football League this season. It's hard to believe because he's everyone thinks of him as just dink and dunk, dink and dunk, check it down, check it down. But he has thrown the eighth most deep passes in the National Football League, but he's only completed 
5%. And according to Benedict, this is like Carson Wentz uh, territory here. Not good in terms of starting NFL quarterbacks. And I know that Wentz didn't finish the season as a starter. That was Jalen Hurts. But here we go, more stats. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington, they all caught less than 35% of deep passes thrown their way. That's not a cut on them. It could be a bad throw. Eric Ebron and Juju Smith-Schuster caught over 50% of their passes, deep passes. But here's the thing that doesn't make sense. Juju Smith-Schuster leads the team in catch rate and yards per target on deep passes. But he's the last in targets with 12. I read that statistic and I said to myself, self, scratching my head, what? Why are they're not sending Juju Smith-Schuster deep ever? They are essentially relegating him to intermediate and short passes, and I don't know why. The stats here show that when given an opportunity, he can make the big play. If his first two seasons in the NFL didn't prove anything, is that he can make the big play and that he can get vertical and he can go down the field. But a lot of it comes down to Ben Roethlisberger, and that's why the headline of this episode was, If there's one player to determine the success and failure of this team in this postseason run, it's not anyone on the defense. It's not the defense at all. They're going to be fine. Roethlisberger's the guy that can either win them games or lose them games. Think back to Buffalo. I'll use this as an example before our break. When you you go to Buffalo to play the Bills, something the Steelers might be doing in the divisional round if they beat the Browns and things fall the way that people expect. You go to Buffalo... The defense holds the Bills to three points in the first half until the pick six. The pick six happens, and then everything else changes. The wheels fall off, and it just is all downhill from there. That can't happen. Not in the playoffs. But the one thing I fear the most, it's not the interception. It's that Roethlisberger is going to be uber careful with the football. Again, he has to find the happy median between the two. That when he is in that space, and I would say it's a mental space, by the way, when he's in that mental space, you will see the best Ben Roethlisberger you can at that time. He's the guy. He's always been the guy, but especially in the playoffs, he is the guy. I I still can't believe it when I say it. The Steelers haven't been in the playoffs since 2017, and they haven't won a playoff game in since 2016. Time to reverse that trend. Coming up after this break, I've got some thoughts on the the Cleveland Browns celebrating their fan base, buying a bunch of shirts, and then we're going to dive into some mailbag. I asked on Twitter for some questions, and they did not disappoint. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and let's talk about the Browns first. Going to dive into the mailbag, and I was like, nah, let's talk about the Browns first. This idea stemmed from an article that was written by Tony Defio. You can also listen to Tony on his Friday Night Six Pack with Tony, uh, his podcast, or on the Steelers Hangover or the Steelers Retro Show with Brian Anthony Davis. He does great work. He's been a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com longer than I've been the editor or with the site. So he is the he's the wily old veteran of the of the staff. We'll put it that way. He wrote an article that ran on Tuesday, basically saying. You can't make fun of Browns fans for celebrating, or the Browns themselves, for celebrating getting into the postseason. And if you haven't known or haven't heard, the Browns getting into the playoffs, it's the first time since 2002. It's quite the streak. 2002. And while I did cringe a little bit, when on social media, I see Browns fans just going berserk, I see the Browns players holding up playoff t-shirts, meaning they get in, I trust me, there's a large part of me that said, this is just really weird. But then I stopped and I kept on thinking about another team that I root for. Now, if you just new listener to the program, I am a Pittsburgh fan. When people say to me, oh, you're a Steeler fan. I typically correct them and say, yes, but I'm a Pittsburgh fan. Meaning I like all three of the major Pittsburgh sports teams, meaning the Penguins, the Pirates and the Steelers. And I'll never forget those crazy 2000, the 2013, I think 2014 and 15 were, where the Pirates finally, when they just won more games than they lost, and when they broke that streak, and that was since 1993, it was over a 20-year streak, when they broke that streak, I celebrated. They weren't making the playoffs. They weren't going to the ALCS, or the NLCS, I'm sorry. They broke the streak, and when they finally did get into the playoffs, and they beat the Cincinnati Reds at PNC Park, the Johnny Cueto game. You remember Cueto? That was a oh my! That was such an atmosphere. I wish I would have been there. But even watching it on television with Russell Martin hitting the bomb early in the game, it, the place was electric. Pirate fans did the same exact thing that the Cleveland Brown fans are doing right now. They were just happy to be there. They were just happy to be there, and they they got to the party. The playoff party, and it was an the fact that they won was tremendous. I don't want to talk about what happened in St. Louis in the next series, but still, they won the game, and it was unbelievable. And I bet if you ask most Pirate fans if they would have lost that game against Cincinnati, would they have been super disappointed? Yes, they would have been disappointed, but ultimately, they were just happy to be there because they'd been losing for so long. And I'm talking bad. The Pittsburgh Pirates are the MLB equivalent of the Cleveland Browns up until this year. If it could go wrong, it went wrong. Whether it's manager stuff, whether it's player injuries, whether it's bad deals, whether it's an owner that doesn't seem like they know what the heck they're doing, it is almost the mirror image of one another. So I can't, as a Pirate fan, if you're just a Steeler fan, I love the people that are like, oh yeah, I love the Steelers and the Yankees. Well, okay. You can't say anything because they're you're a Yankee fan and they're perennial contenders. It's a different sport. I don't want to get into that. But if you're a Steeler fan and you're also a Pirate fan, you can't make fun of Cleveland. You were in the same place. You were in the same exact place as the Cleveland Browns as a as a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates fan base. 
I, I just can't I can't say anything. I agreed with Tony's article. I agreed with everything about it. Uh, personally, I, you know, good for them. I, I'll never – I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. I was back home in Wheeling, West Virginia. We were golfing. It was myself, my dad, and a couple of his golf buddies. And it was a busy day on the golf course in the summer. And if you know anything about Wheeling, Ogilvy Resort is known for its golf. They have a – Robert Trent Jones is a beautiful design, very tough. Uh, an Arnold Palmer design, a little bit easier, still beautiful course. Uh, and so a lot of people go there to – they stay at the resort. They golf. They have some fun. And so guys in front of us, they're hooping and hollering a bunch, and that's fine. I have no problem with that at all. I'm not one of those snooty golfers. I like to listen to music and have a good time. We get up to the uh, the next tee box, and there's just a backup because it's a busy day on the course. And so we make a conversation with these guys and come to find out they're from Cleveland. And, of course, me and my big mouth, I was like, oh, are you guys Browns fans? And they said, oh, yeah. Now, this was right around with the time they drafted Johnny Money Manziel. And so I'll never forget, if you're familiar with those courses in Wheeling, this is a number four on the Robert uh, Trent Jones design, which is a par three down the hill over a lake. And so one of the guys hit a good shot, made his birdie putt, and he turned around, he saw us up at the tee box, he started yelling, here we go, Browns, money man's out, and he's doing the money sign to me. And I said, oh, my gosh, get get off the green. We're just having a good time. And I said to my dad, I said, man, you Browns fans, you can't trust them. He said, oh, son, I disagree with you. He said, you can trust Browns fans. If they're going to put up with that much stuff, with that much losing for that long, you should trust Browns fans over them as anyone else. And I thought about it. And I said, you know what, Dan? <laughs> You're right. You are right. You can trust a Browns fan. You might not like them, but you can trust a Browns fan. Absolutely. All right. Let's dive into this mailbag to finish up the show here. We had some good questions from people uh, for this mailbag. Uh, Mendez. He says, uh, hey, is there any chatter on what the NFL is going to do about the Browns' COVID situation again this week? How do you think it will affect the game scheduled for Sunday? Now, I do want to say that as of right now, this is being recorded on Tuesday night. The the NFL has come out. The NFL spokesperson said they are not moving the game as of right now. They're going to continue to monitor the situation. They're going to continue to get a feel for exactly what kind of situation they're looking at in terms of was this from the outside rumors are is that this this did not come from inside the facility so a lot of people don't view this as an outbreak uh, the NFL's made it very clear they are not going to postpone or delay games for competitive purposes if a in this situation if three players went out and put themselves into a situation where they are risking the getting the virus then that's on them the times that things have been delayed are when they fear an outbreak within an organization. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. Look at the Tennessee Titans. Those are the gold standards for outbreaks with COVID-19. And it just so happened that that week they were playing the Steelers. So here we go again. That is all I know right now. The Steelers and, and Browns will play Sunday night, 815 NBC, Sunday night football. Other than that, um, there's no news on that front. That could change. Maybe if you're listening to this on Wednesday Around noon, maybe there has been news on that, but as of when this is recorded, it is not. Um, and then he added there, can we just have one week where all we talk about is actual football? I wish. I really do wish that that's all we were to talk about. Uh, next from Landon, uh, I think it's Landon Carmody. Uh, apologize if I mispronounce that. He says, do you know if there will be fans for the game Sunday? That's a good question. There was rumors, we wrote the article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that there were rumors that there could be fans there. Everything that I've heard um, from people I trust is that when that source said that, it was more about, basically they're keeping it the same. It's going to be friends and family. 
maybe a few more, but it's not going to be like it was back in October uh, and, and November when fans were actually in seats and they were distanced and they had all the protocols. It doesn't look like there's going to be fans that similar to what we saw earlier this season at Heinz Field on Sunday. And that that stinks. It stinks because it, it would be cool to see fans there for, for a playoff game. And we're talking about the playoffs, man. That's crazy. Ben Potter says, do you think we will see a similar game plan this week or will we see some offensive plays that we have not run yet this season? Do you think the organization has plays reserved only for the late round playoff games, i.e. the Philly special? And he's referring to the Philadelphia Eagles play in the Super Bowl. Um, I got. I have to be honest. I do think that the Steelers have probably kept some packages, some systems, and this is offense and defense, by the way. Like, I think that there's some defensive blitzes, there's some defensive packages that the Steelers have not thrown out there yet, that they're probably holding, saying, this will work for this opponent, okay? Or maybe it's a situation where they have a defense just in case, i.e., they're playing the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. We have this defense that we know we can. it's been installed, and we have to dust it off. I think that can that can happen. Offensively, my gosh, I hope so. I hope there's something in the treasure chest that Randy Feetner, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin, whoever you want to refer to, I hope there's something they haven't shown yet. Something. And a lot of people were wondering, you know, are they going to are they going to address three quarterbacks on on Sunday night? In which case, Mike Tomlin talked about that, and there's a question coming up about that. But you know, will it would it be something with Dobbs? Would they actually put Josh Dobbs out there and take Ben Roethlisberger off the field like Indianapolis does? with Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers. Would they actually try that? Would they actually take Roethlisberger off the field? And I had some people say, well, they did that with Antoine Randall early in his career. Yeah, they did. I know that. This is different. And that, that was in the early years of Roethlisberger. He did not captain the team the way he does now in terms of the plays at the line of scrimmage and, and making checks. And he was not the, I really hesitate to use the term field general. I've never thought that Roethlisberger was a field general. But he's never been that kind of quarterback. And But are they going to take him off the field? I don't know. I don't know. I hope that maybe there's some trick plays. Again, I just hope that you have a situation where the trick play just blows up in your face. You think about a flea flicker that you're like, oh, here we go, and it's an interception. Or the pitch back gets dropped, and it's a sack and lost for eight. The trick play is great. It's got to happen at the right time. It has to be the right play, and it has to be executed to a T. Something that Ken Wisenhunt was, and, and Mike Malarkey, to give Mike Malarkey credit, both of those offensive coordinators had a great feel for the game. They had a great feel for when to throw in the trick play, and they always had those high probability plays where the worst thing that might happen is an incomplete pass. Uh, you think about those reverses where Ranton, Antoine Randall, he had the option to run it or he could throw it. And he was a smart enough player that he knew if it wasn't there to just throw it away, live to play another down. I'm not sure if the Steelers have that in their bag of tricks. Let's just, let me answer this simply. A long answer short. I don't think we're going to see much different. That's all. I hope I'm wrong, but that's all. All right. Go Buckeyes. He says, if Dobbs will be active, who would you put as inactive? Because like I said, Mike Tomlin actually said that you know, there's a chance that they could dress three quarterbacks, but who's going to be inactive? That's a tough question. Maybe J. Ron Elliott. It all depends on is Robert Spillane back? Is Matt Filer back? If those players are back, it makes other players expendable. 
You know, are there injuries to deal with? We'll see. There's a lot to figure out. Um, Scales could be a guy that gets that loses a helmet. Um, maybe it's someone like Carlos Davis or Isaiah Bugs, whoever they decide to dress. There are options. They can make it happen if they want to make it happen. Eugene Marinaro, I think I said that correctly. Manorino, I think, is how you say it. There you go. He says, top three draft needs and which free agent would you try to keep? Holy cow, that's a lot. I mean, that's a simple question. It's a short question, but that's a long answer. We'll be talking about the draft needs a lot coming up after the season's over, hopefully not too soon. And free agency, we'll be talking about that ad nauseum as well, who we should keep, who we should get rid of in terms of who the fans would like. I am going to say the top three draft needs. I'll answer this one. The free agency, I'm going to let that one wait until the after. I'm going to say offensive line is first. I'm going to say that defensive back should be up there in the top three. I, so I do say O-line is number one. And then the other two, you can swap them however you'd like. I think that defensive back has to be there. And I also think, well, shoot, I, I might even take two offensive linemen in the top three. <laughs> but maybe inside linebacker. If, if, it's a, if it's a draft class that has good inside linebackers, you can always use another one. You can't always bank on a guy like Robert Spillane or Avery Williamson. If Devin Bush goes down again, you got to have somebody there. And Vince Williams isn't getting any younger. So let's keep that in mind. Last question. Uh, Michael Bell says, should the Steelers consider putting Filer in at left tackle if Big Al starts underperforming? Well, first, my first answer is going to be the same answer that Mike Tomlin gave when he was asked about would he start Filer over Dotson at, at left guard, and that is Filer needs to be available first. They have not taken, taken Spillane or Filer off of the injured reserve list. I expect that to happen on Wednesday. But at this time, they have not taken them off the list yet. If he is healthy, I think that Filer would be a great sixth lineman that could bounce from either both guard spots or tackles if he needed. I don't think they would yank Alejandro Villanueva in the middle of a game, not in a playoff game, because as much as everyone complains about Villanueva, he hasn't played that bad this season. He's had some stinkers, don't get me wrong. He's had some bad games, but I don't think he's been that bad that it would have him being yanked off the field in the middle of a contest. I think Filer, if he is healthy, is best suited to not come back and start right away. Come back, be that option at guard, you know? Be the left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle, be the swing guy. He can do that, but I wouldn't put it not coming off an injury like a torn pectoral. Not at all. Not at all. So for those people that did chime in on Twitter, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for uh, helping me out with that. Sometimes answering your questions is a great way to end a show, and I really do appreciate it. If you don't know or don't follow me on Twitter, you can find me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. Follow me on Twitter. I give you my thoughts on really sports in general, but mainly the Pittsburgh Steelers. So check me out there. And don't forget, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify. Follow, subscribe, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. In the meantime, folks, have a great Wednesday. And as we always finish out, be safe, be kind, God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you. Hey 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.